You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Well, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a gear change. We got about <laughs> five minutes into a, a pod, about 30 visits of, uh, of the draft visitors coming to the Cowboys. Uh, and we uh, just happened to see Ian Rappaport in NFL Network and a, and a host of other people just report that it looks like the Robert Quinn deal is finished. So uh, we had to completely scrap that, and now we're kind of right. winging it at this point. <laughs> All right, so we're going to spend the show talking about this trade. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to do our 30 Visits podcast. It'll probably come out next Monday. Yeah, uh, That gives us a little time to gather some more information. But uh, we found about uh, close to half of the guys that the Cowboys are going to meet with or, or, or have already met with. So we will do that podcast soon, I promise you guys. But we have a more pressing issue. It appears the Cowboys have traded for, yes, Robert Quinn of the Miami Dolphins, formerly of the St. Louis Rams. Landon, we don't have the compensation yet, but what's your initial reaction to the trade? Well, I mean, I think we had an an idea of kind of what we're talking about just because, I mean, they generally, um, you know, early on when this got mentioned, you know, it feels like we were hearing whispers about – uh, you know what, what, what the particulars might be, or what, what, what the parameters of a deal might be, and and it felt like we weren't sure whether the hangup uh, was about how much guaranteed money Miami was going to continue to take on after the trade versus what Dallas was going to pay or compensation. But I, I kind of feel like they had agreed pretty early on on compensation because, and here's the other thing too, is that. I don't know that this is like I don't know that this is uh, Miami trying to get a whole bunch of draft picks. This seems to me more no. like a salary dump to me. It is um, very much so. And so I, I feel like uh, you know the compensation as far as what the Cowboys are going to be giving in return to uh, Miami as far as picks. I, I don't imagine that it's very much. Uh, I mean, I imagine it's. Maybe a couple of day three picks. Let's go ahead. Let's just kind of put our guesses on the record. What do you think it ends up being? I kind of think it's going to be conditional a little bit. Uh, no, I think it, I think it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would say that it's like I, I I think it's probably two day three picks, uh, maybe a day two pick. But I can't imagine any of it being. I can't imagine it being a day two pick. I imagine it being multiple day three picks, and then probably also. From the 2020 season, not this draft class. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, that's where I'm going to go. And I, I think that the condition is that maybe one of those picks can round into a, uh, you know, a day three pick if he gets 10, sure. s- ten sacks or something like that. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be a. 2020 fourth round pick if everything pans out maybe a 2026 round pick if it's just 
if he, if he doesn't meet all of his incentives and stuff. Um, just a couple more things to kind of go through. Again, we're processing this in real time. The, yeah. the, the moves are all coming in right now. Uh, Tom Palacero of NFL.com reports that uh, Quinn is going to sign a new one-year deal with the Cowboys when, once the trade is complete. Uh, I'm not sure if that means an extension or just a, a tweaking of a new deal. Um, but... Uh, it, it's it's very interesting. I want to talk about the fit on the field because that's what I'm more concerned about. To me, honestly, it, it really doesn't matter if it's a 2024th round pick or sixth round pick because once you get outside the top 100, yeah, there's really not a difference in those players anyway. So the compensation isn't a big deal to me. I want to talk about the player. How does Robert Quinn fit into this defense right away? Well, I mean, he's. I think he's immediately your starting right defensive end. Um, and if not, like I think him and Crawford will get heavy rotations of uh, between the two of them. I mean, this is not this is this guy's not a, a slouch. I mean, you know, he's no, not at all. He's he's had 17 sacks in the last two seasons. You know, and and so uh, and, and with two different teams. So I, I think that this is a guy who can come in here and, and give you production. Uh, Right away, mm-hmm. um, I think specifically, I'm interested to see what he, you know, what he is uh, under Marinelli. You know, I, I feel like he uh, he could even be taking could take a step, you know, with with Marinelli. So, um, well, it wouldn't be that surprising considering that Miami didn't have a lot of talent around no. him. Yet I, I saw Cowboy stats and graphic Daniel Houston, a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out a, a basically a playmaking. Uh, estimated point value, and he was by far the best player on the Dolphins' defense in terms of playmaking between all of the front seven guys. So and Cameron Wake, talk- Cameron Wake was on that team. So absolutely. Uh, so you're you're putting a guy that was really effective and efficient on a bad defense, and putting him now on a pretty good defense where he's probably not going to be the number one option. I think that's a perfect fit for Quinn. Yeah, I agree, and I and I think that um, he's you know he's been a guy that. He's just been consistent. I think he had a couple years in LA, uh, you know, when he when he signed there that uh, he, or I'm sorry, when LA moved uh, like in 2015, 2016, where he didn't, uh, you know, it feels like there was a change in in, in what they were doing. He didn't get so as many sna- uh, sacks. Uh, he also, I think, dealt with some injuries those those years because his uh, snap totals are in half. But I mean, if you look at a you know, pass rush production basis, like uh, a guy, you know, per snaps, uh, snap hurries, and uh, he's he's pretty good, you know, and, and has been consistently solid to good for uh, mm-hmm. for a long for a long time. So I, I think at the very least, you're, you're going to get a guy who um, he's going to give you some production. Um, he's going to be he's going to come in here and basically be asked to do specifically what he is best at is that's rushing the passer uh and and with one of the guys who is one of the very best um in the league at teaching those guys so maybe he'll learn a little bit more i i think this is a great move this is a no-brainer move when it became option the the fact that the cowboys were able to get this uh, is a huge win for them especially with what's going on with demarcus lawrence i again i want to stress and reiterate that this does not by any stretch of the imagination make demarcus lawrence unnecessary uh, uh or uh i think even yes, de- decrease the chances that he gets signed or, or by anything i i think that the, the cowboys vision at this point is to have both these guys on the field Absolutely. so uh I, that's where i think the that we're at at this point um, I think it was uh, 
situation to improve the line, not to necessarily get insurance uh, on a Demarcus Lawrence situation. Now, I will say that um, I, I think that it does alleviate some of the leverage that Lawrence may have on the Cowboys uh, just yes, by, great point. Yes. by proxy that he is a pass rusher and suddenly at least you've got you know someone on that defensive line. But again, I, if I'm the, the Cowboys... I would not necessarily allow let this affect too much my negotiations with Demarcus Lawrence. It's more all, it's right. more just uh, in a positive or in a negative way because I think this is this needs to be in addition to uh, 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 Demarcus Lawrence. This is this is the way that you're trying to actually improve the team uh, and adding Robert Quinn. With the with the idea of not adding Demarcus Lawrence, that's not improving the team. You know, adding Robert Quinn with Demarcus Lawrence, that's really improving the team. Right. I, I mean, we could take this in a million different directions, but I the one thing I don't want to do is play hypothetical with Demarcus Lawrence because I think he's going to be here. I, I do I, too. Again, I do too. It's this is my least favorite thing of the NFL offseason is the public negotiation. So. Let's talk about how he fits onto the roster with Demarcus Lawrence. Um, you know, right away, my first take is: Does this automatically mean that we're potentially going to see more snaps for Tyrone Crawford inside? Uh, is is that something you know we they need help at, inside at three technique? Is it possible that we see that be a more permanent role for Tyrone Crawford now that you have a Robert Quinn on the outside? Because because here's here's my thought process really quickly. Yeah, yeah, please. I don't think last year they fully trusted that Randy Gregory was going to always be available all season long, and, and for good reason. I think there was enough history there to to worry that Gregory could be gone at any moment. Now with Quinn, who has been relatively healthy over the last couple of years, and you know, you know what kind of character he is. You can place him at right defensive end and be fine. Now Tyrone Crawford might be able to slide down into that more permanent role. What do you think? Well, I think you know, I think you look at it like this. I, I think you've got two more years left of, of Tyrone Crawford, right? And yes. I and I, I kind of feel like next year uh, his cap number may be such that um, it, you know it, it may not be worth. I mean, he's already being paid. I think ten million this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't I mind think, paying him actually, though. I, no, 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 it's, I, a, it's an I overpay, like, but I don't mind it. I like him a lot, and I'm I'm good with that. Uh, especially at the at the you know, look, you're you're taking on almost, I think, four million dollars in dead money, and, and so I mean, I I think it you would save some money, but I don't know, you're going to be able to get a player uh, of Tyron Crawford's capabilities. Uh, for for the difference, the price difference, really? you know what I'm saying, and you need talent on the defensive line. Like that's not that hasn't really changed still. Right, really quickly. Yes. Uh, next year you could cut him for a million dollars in that's, dead money and save eight million. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Is that next year is a lot more palatable way to cut him, and on top of that. Uh, you know, clearly what we've seen, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about it on Monday when we look at our 30, <laughs> 30 sure. business, uh, is that their their interest in defensive linemen seems to be exclusively, as far as, I mean, not exclusively, I shouldn't say that, but seems to be leaning heavily towards uh, replacing Tyrone Crawford with an inside-outside, a younger inside-outside guy, right? Very, very, very much so. So I I, I, I think if you look at it like this, where 
they are maybe viewing, okay, we only got one more year of Tyrone Crawford probably anyways. Now we got a guy who can play on the outside. Now you also may also get Randy Gregory, depending on what that deal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus, I'm going to keep saying Marcus Armstrong. Doris Armstrong uh, is is still is still in play. You know, you still got. Uh, I think you still have some questions where you know what you can get out of Taco. Why mm-hmm. why not kick Crawford more full time inside at defensive tackle since you got a year left on him? Uh, you know, see what he can do there, and then. Uh, Say thank you for your services. I mean, look, it, it's kind of a crappy way to to handle a player, but at the same time, like he's earned like a ton right. of money from us, uh, and and you know he's a team player, and so I, I feel like he wouldn't necessarily. He I know he doesn't love playing inside as much as he likes playing outside, but man, I, I'll tell you what, there is just something about putting him next to. Lawrence and those two guys stunting together and playing together, like they really do seem to work together in in tandem and stunts and that sort of thing. So uh, maybe maybe they get him to you know put on a little few more pounds, play some you know a different snaps. Maybe he just flips the um, the ratio of defensive end to defensive tackle snaps this next season. But uh, yeah, I, I do wonder like. Where is Crawford fit in all of this? Right. Uh, let's kind of reset the the roster really quickly on the defensive line. Um, at left defensive end, you're going to have Demarcus Lawrence once he's signed. At right defensive end, you have Robert Quinn. Taco's best fit is at, would you say, left defensive end? E- yeah, I would say probably. Yeah. And then Armstrong's best fit as is as the right defensive end, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he could do that spot. Okay, sure. so how how many defensive ends does this team normally carry on an active roster? Four, five. Well, I mean, I think we got to look at defensive line because usually they do it like that. So it's what ten, nine, nine, or, nine 10? or ten? Yeah, I mean. So okay, so that's good. So we've got four defensive ends there. Inside, you have Malik Collins, Tyrone Crawford. That gives you up to six. Antoine Woods, seven. Chris Covington, eight. Where does Kerry Hyder fit into all this? Nine. Where does Daniel <laughs> where, where does Daniel Ross fit into Ten. all this? Um, <laughs> Maybe so you don't draft you, any guys. Maybe well, this and is that's it. What, and that's what I'm getting to is, if you're going to draft a defensive lineman, they almost have to start right away. Otherwise, they're not going to be active, right? Because uh, if you draft a fourth round defensive lineman, that guy might not make the team because you've got pretty good depth in that in that position right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's almost to me it kind of reminds me of the receiver position where if if this guy isn't a top three receiver on your roster, where does he fit in everywhere else? Because I don't their defensive line depth is good now, and it's funny we didn't even mention we didn't even mention Randy Gregor or Dayton Jones, two guys that we both like quite a bit. I mean, those are those are other options that could potentially make the team. And it's, what's funny is that like, I mean, if they if we get finally get an announcement about this. Uh, about Demarcus Lawrence, if they can f- please just figure this out, uh, suddenly you, you're, you've got really crazy good depth on the defensive line. Like, I mean, what what went what started as like a a uh, a concern and uh, uh, you know a place where oh man, this got really thinned out. Suddenly, you know, in the span of of you know a week, two weeks, right? Uh, you get 
both your starting left and defense, left and right defensive ends in place, and now you're kind of almost ready to roll. I mean, the problem is there is that a defensive tackle. I still feel like you've got like six backup defensive tackles and no right. monster defensive well, tackle. Well, it, it's also worthy to note that. Malik Collins entering the final year of his contract. We just talked about Tyrone Crawford potentially being a cap casualty next year. Other than those two, you really don't have a long-term three technique on your roster. So I, I would still think that's the number one need on this team. Yeah, I mean, it's but what makes it difficult is how you carry all of them. You know, I mean, you, I think you can't. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. So either Woods, I mean, someone like Daniel Ross, which I mean. I like Daniel Ross. Those oh, football focus. It's tough to say that, but it's like someone like Daniel Ross might be a casualty. Or, you know, what it could end up happening is that you you could trade Daniel Ross like before at the end of training camp, you know? I, it's possible. I, I was going to talk about Antoine Woods' spot on the roster, but I'm prohibited to do that because of our conversations on Twitter, but that's okay. Oh, oh, um, oh. Did he specifically <laughs> say to keep his name out of your mouth? Something to <laughs> that so effect. many words. Uh, <laughs> well, well, listen, I'll talk about his roster spot since I'm, I, he hasn't talked to me about it. Uh, you know, I think I, I think they view one technique as, you know, what's the best situation? I don't know. They're beholden to everyone. Uh, having said that, I, I mean, I can't imagine that the defensive, the, the nose tackle specifically situation improves in such a way that Antoine Woods is, is not even on the team. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like, well, I, we talked about a guy yesterday on the podcast who, if, he, if the Cowboys draft him at 58, maybe maybe he's not. Well, then I think, I, I, I think at that point, then Woods becomes, Woods becomes the, uh, the, the la- the very last man on the roster. That's true. It's very like the, 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 the like point, the tenth yeah. like the tenth guy. You know. So right. Um, so again, we're just going to kind of recap this trade. We haven't found the the exact compensation, but the Cowboys will be acquiring uh, edge rusher Robert Quinn. I texted somebody who would know about the trade, and they basically said it's nothing. It's a late round pick in 2020. Don't worry about it. So wow. Just overall. I, it's kind of like mana dropping from heaven here for the Cowboys because they needed a right defensive end. They needed somebody that could come in and play right away and give you quality snaps. Uh, and I think that's what Robert Quinn's going to do. So any last thoughts on the move before we sign off? No, I mean, I, I think it's been kind of slow developing. I think Miami and the Saints both uh, tried to uh, uh, drum up some interest. Drum up some other interest. I just yeah. don't know that it ever happened. Uh, so it's, it's it's interesting that how it played out. But I think the Cowboys may have gotten a, a really nice deal here. Yeah, and we've been kind of critical, or at least I've been critical of Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones for not trying to do more of these type of trades in years past. You know, it's okay to give up a late round pick or a middle round pick for a proven veteran, even if they're on a one year deal, because most of the time you're going to get that compensation back with a compensatory pick. Yeah, uh, it's encouraging to see the Cowboys be a little bit more aggressive, and actually, we've seen them be really aggressive over the last twelve months with trading with for Amari Cooper and uh, you know obviously making this qu- this move with Robert Quinn. They're they're going to be aggressive, and I think. They've done a really good job of identifying needs and basically putting themselves into a position where, you know, we get to 58, they're not going to have to draft a single position. We're not going to have to be crossing our fingers hoping that a defensive lineman falls to them or that a safety falls to them. Uh, They're in a really, really good spot for a team that doesn't have a first-round pick. So 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.